The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in to this episode of Bare Bones. I am Mason West, and you have all three of the Bare Bones crew today because it's the final game of the season and a pretty important one. There's actually some stuff on the line here. Kyrie, Danny, how are you doing today? We're keeping it alive. We're keeping it live. That's it. Good, man. Just had another follow-up appointment on the baby, and everything's going as planned. So Yay. That's fantastic. Love to hear it. Things you absolutely love to see. That. <laughs> Yes. Um, I got, I had just left my own upstairs. Um, she was demanding pretzels for a snack. Um, I had to put some in the bowl, but I also had to deposit some directly in her hand. Uh, otherwise the deal wasn't real. (laughs) Can't wait. We also just got her a giant bounce house that she's like jumping around on right now inside. I, I am so glad this is in my ear and not on the actual volume of the computer right now, because let's not give my wife any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's keep, keep that on the down low. Um, we got a lot of stuff to actually talk about today. Um, there's there's some information that came on during the week, and then we just got to kind of dive in and wrap some stuff up. Um, we're going to hopefully also have a show next week where we're going to really kind of wrap up what the season looks like, and then we'll figure out what the offseason looks like. But there's some cool things going on, like Pro Bowl votes. Right, we got two Pro Bowlers for the Bears, Jalen Johnson, as well as Montez Sweat. A couple of, in my opinion, snubs. First off, Kyrie, what do you think about the two that did get the nod for the Pro Bowl from the Bears? Love it. Jalen Johnson's been one of the best corners in the league, and one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, stats about Montez Sweat is that he leads the Bears and the Commanders 
in sacks and he hasn't played for the commanders since what was it like week eight or whatever it was week nine something crazy like that so hats off to him man he has changed this defense a lot of people were kind of skeptical not just about the trade but it's like is he even the better the best pass rusher on his team kind of looking at chase young but as a complete player and every down player he's absolutely changed the defense danny what about you uh, you know, I couldn't be happier for, for Jalen, first and foremost. He's deserved it. He's been arguably one of the top two or three, if not the best corner in football this season on just a individual basis. And it only improved since the addition of Montez Sweat. Um, and I agree, there has been snubs. Kyrie Blasting game, just highway robbery that he isn't heading, heading to the Pro Bowl. But, no love. Um, for the fullback. For the fullback. God, just, oh, well. But uh, I when I saw the when the video came through, the first thing I noticed was the reaction difference, or at least in my opinion, between Jalen and and Montez, where Montez was just overjoyed and happy, and Jalen was like, he knew he belonged there. He deserved it. And all I could think of was the wire was the price of a brick done went up. <laughs> like His price tag just keeps getting higher. And good for him. Get every dollar you're worth, especially for a guy. I believe he got to the NFL at 20 years old. So after this payday, if things go well and he maintains some semblance of health, he could have another big payday ahead of him. Yeah, Kyrie, you did mention, right, that uh, the difference with you know, the Montez Sweat versus Chase Young, you know, and how people were ragging the Bears a little bit. The fact that the 49ers were able to get Chase Young for significantly less. But, you know, when you look at what Young's done, I mean, he's been solid, right? I mean, what does he have? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight combined tackles. Uh, there's only, He's only got two and a half sacks. I mean, it's not bad, but at the same time, it's not the sweat effect. So that, that Montez trade was huge. Jalen Johnson, like you said, I mean, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit of a Jalen Johnson hater. I always said he was a little overrated. I wanted more from him. And he really did show that, especially the second half of the year. Got more hands on balls, you know, phrasing. Um, but then the advanced stats are wild for him. But now it's some of these snubs, too. I mean, Kyrie Blasting game, arguably, yes, could be talked about, I guess, as a pro bowler. Let's be real, to an extent. But, you know, cheek. DJ Moore it could, could absolutely be in that, should be in that conversation. Uh, you have even a Tevin Jenkins, who missed some time, should be in that conversation. And, I mean, if you want to even go as far as Cairo Santos, you know, could should be in that conversation. Cole Komet. One of the better tight ends, in my opinion, in the league. Uh, Kyrie, who is the bigger snub for you? I mean, of course it's DJ Moore. At the same time, you kind of you, – you understand you, – you understand why the – he didn't get in. It's like the, the crop of receivers was very good. And, and even though DJ Moore has been excellent and he's been a top flight guy, it's just a hard, it's, it's a hard position to break in at. I mean, Brandon Ayuk has had a crazy season as well. He didn't make it either. And he's playing for you know, the, the best team in the NFL. So, I mean, limited spots to create that kind of thing. I mean, when it comes to pullback, oh, yeah, because there, there's limited opportunities. Maybe Kari Blossom game could have snuck in there. But I mean, let, let's be real. Cares about the fullback. Cairo Santos is, I mean, again, you're not going to carry many kickers. I think Cairo Santos was deserving, but he also plays for the Chicago Bears. weren't that good right now. If they were better, then maybe he'd have more business. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with that idea. Um, TJ Edwards was one that came to mind, but then you go 
look at all the tackle leaders, which is what linebackers are more or less going to be based on. No one really cares like if you're taking away coverage yardage and stuff like that, like Tremaine Edmonds does. And I figured with like the 130 plus tackles, whatever TJ Edwards is at, he would have been top five. And he wasn't. He was outside. I think he was on the bottom half of the top ten. Like we're, we're just guys are. There's 160 plus tackle players right now. And to your point on on DJ Moore, guys, it's kind of like the point guard position in the NBA, right? Just because you don't make it doesn't mean you're not awesome. Oh, yeah. Like there's just a lot of great point guards right now in the NBA. So I think there, he's a victim of that. He'll get in when people start dropping more or less. Like there's going to – not every receiver is going to go. So no. he'll go. And the the one that came to mind for me, and it's maybe because I'm an apologist and I've always been in his corner, I think Jaquan Brisker had his own argument, uh, if I'm being completely real, especially like the second half after the sweat effect came into play. and He had a game where – it was like 17 tackles, two pass deflections, uh, an interception and a sack or something like that, what, whatever. And he wasn't – and it wasn't because the defense was getting blown up and he was having to make cleanup tackles downfield. He was actually coming up to the line and finishing plays before they could even get started yes. from the safety position. I've been, like, I've been talking some mess throughout the year about Jaquan Brisker. He's been coming on very strong. And I think that when, when you just really quickly, when you look at the way that Brisker's been playing and Kyler Gordon has been playing, mm-hmm. they're both popping in their in their second seasons and really justifying, I think, in, in a way, why they were picked where they were and, and being foundational pieces of, of a defense that's got a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't understand the Jaquan Brisker hate. I know he chirps a lot, but like, I think you kind of have to do that as a strong safety. You got to be kind of mouthy. And at the end of the day, you're not the, the free safety that's going to have an opportunity to get a lot of interceptions. And he, to be fair, Brisker's dropped a couple. So he definitely could change that narrative if he made that impact. But like Danny was talking about, definitely from the tackle perspective, from a voice on the, the defense perspective, I mean, I think he has something to say about being pr- at least a pretty solid strong safety, if not like a good one and the world's most bizarre celebration after an incomplete pass. I don't, I don't understand for this. I don't, uh, I don't know what that is either, but okay. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Some other news. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson had a great game. Uh, he was actually named the NFC defensive player of the week. He had two interceptions for PBUs and he's actually the first bear to win the defensive player of the week since Eddie Jackson won it in week 12 in 2018. And the first rookie since Eddie won in week, uh, I believe it's 12 of 2017. Uh, Danny, is that how big of a notch is this in the Ryan polls cap to have a rookie playing corner for that matter, playing this well. And ultimately what does that mean for Tyreek Stevenson in this defense? And what does it mean for Ryan polls? I mean, I think it's a credit to, really everyone. It's a credit to to Tyreek himself being able to play at one of the hardest positions to transition to in the NFL. Sands maybe quarterback in tight end as you develop and get into the league. Like I'd say it's one of the three or four hardest to, 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 to make the jump from college to the NFL. And he's done it. He's taken his lumps along the way. He's had a couple of games where he was clearly the target. But again, it was Montez Sweat coming in. It was like once he came – Everybody got better. And clearly, whether it's Ryan Poles or Matt Eberflus or, or Coach Hoke, whoever it is that's helping identify this defensive back talent, because I be, I actually do believe John, not John, but uh, but Matt Eberflus and his staff 
have a pretty heavy opinion on players who are selected, especially on the defensive side of the football. And especially you could start naming them Taquan Brisker, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, Terrell Smith, uh, Kyler Gordon. Like you start racking them up and it's clear that, that Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, they're doing something right. And it's only being accentuated by the fact of how well Montez Sweat has played. So it's it's more like kudos all around. Give everyone their flowers that are involved in these guys developing. Specifically Tyreek the most because he's the one playing the position, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so something that uh, Daniel talked about there, Kyrie, was the fact that like give Matt Eberflus his flowers, which you absolutely have to with how this defense has shifted. Now, at the same time, when you look at it, according to PFF, the Bears have played the fourth easiest schedule of opposing defenses and bottom 10 in terms of opposing offenses. Is that something that you take into consideration when you look at the prog- the progress of this defense, the progress of these players like playing this relatively easy schedule? You, you should. At the same time, you also have to – you just play who's on the schedule, right? And, yeah, they got to beat up on some bad quarterbacks, Bryce Young, uh, Brian Hoyer's ghost, uh, you know, kind of a a bunch of these games have been against subpar teams and subpar offenses. But the reality is that you you just – you have to win games. And in the NFL, no game is necessarily easy. I mean, we've seen the Carolina Panthers, by far the worst team in the league, we somehow managed to win two games this year and take a couple of other teams that should be decent, like the Green Bay Packers, the Bears' upcoming opponent, to the brink that any any given Sunday. So I do think that you need to keep that in mind, who the opponents are. And, for example, you just beat up on, on the Atlanta Falcons. But even that kind of took time. I mean, I feel like the Falcons were kind of moving the ball at points and got an explosive touchdown off you. Um, but, again, you're playing Taylor Heineke. And Desmond Ritter, who's not very good, not very good quarterbacks. At the same time, look, I think the Bears absolutely could have mailed it in this year, and the defense was looking absolutely unplayable for the first four games of the year, or just like just completely embarrassing. The fact that they were able to turn that around, and again, add a foundational piece in Montez Sweat, who's been a big difference maker against some of these teams who actually have pretty solid offensive lines, even if the rest of the team isn't that good. Um, I think that means something to me. I think it does too. Like, like Kyrie said, at the end of the day, it's, you can't control who's on your schedule. You can't control who gets hurt. You can't control any of that. You can only play who's up next. Were they the beneficiary of Yeah. And it's like, yep. The, at the same time. It's not like, like that never know. happens. I mean. Yeah. And at the same time, they got got too. Joe Flacco magic is beating everybody right now. <laughs> Not just bears. Like it's it, we we. I like how we love to pick and choose. Like when we want things to matter and when we don't, as a fan base. Like, and it just feels like specifically with the defense because so many people are just done and and uh, done and over the Matt Eberflus experience. It's like, but you can't just say fire him. This is all stupid and bad, but not give him credit for what's gone well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, it's a valid point. Um, it's tough when you have to balance for, especially a head coach, right? Like when he has to wear that many hats because of the Alan Williams situation, you know, he's wearing the defensive coordinator hat. He's wearing that head coach hat, the CEO hat and all those. And the in-game decision maker, like it's hard. You have to try to figure out 
what is worth having you know him be good at like let's say as a defensive coordinator what's average what's below average and i'm glad i'm not ryan poles making that decision and actually that brings us to our next topic triage how the vitals in the past we've used this section to just kind of see like the temperature of the room where things are at where uh, with you know just fields and this upcoming draft pick but now that things are a little more solidified we're gonna go down the line and we're gonna make some decisions Kyrie, first off you are now ryan poles danny you'll get to be ryan poles next First decision, going into this Green Bay game, does a win versus a loss or even how you lose, how you win, does that affect what you do with Matt Eberflus? And if so, what are your thoughts about where you might head? Oh, man. Um, Because I'm the kind of person that does believe in getting all the data points, I do think a win should matter somewhat in in terms of look i mean you got this thing all the way to eight and nine it should be better and you blew a bunch of games along the way but i and this is going to come up later i'm also somewhat of a believer in in people and i think that what matt eberflus has done he, he doesn't necessarily inspire me but clearly these guys are buying what he's selling as a coach. Um, He's certainly not perfect. And I'm concerned about what he would do with a, with a rookie quarterback. Um, But I think he deserves consideration for staying. I, I think that if if I'm being completely dispassionate about it, I would not retain him because you have the number one overall pick and you have an opportunity to to start this entire thing over again. But the part of me that values the what what the Bears have been building, I think I think that this team can be fine with Matt Eberflus. And I think that he's earned the opportunity to be the coach next year. Danny, you are now the GM. Floor is yours. Are you retaining Matt Eberflus and how much impact does this weekend have on your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the, the sound, the voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I thought it would get better as I was like collecting my thoughts as Kyrie was talking and it just didn't. like Because... Do I think Matt Eberflus is a good in-game manager? No, not particularly. Do I think he's some sort of savant play caller on the defensive side of the ball? No, not really, but he's okay at it. Matt Eberflus, though, clearly has that locker room. And you can say what you want. Like, we we overcame adversity. There's something to be said from it, even though the adversity was like, when a stranger calls, the call was coming from inside the house. Like, the adversity was all self-inflicted. So it's like, it, you can penalize him for that, but he also did navigate the ship through really treacherous waters at that point in the season. When whatever happened with Alan Williams went down, when whatever happened with the running backs coach went down, where he was apparently just being a jerk of sorts in Hallis Hall. Like Kyrie, I, if I were being callous, and just took the human element out of this, I would just flat out fire Matt Eberflus, especially because 
the way the NFL is going, you really just can't afford to keep losing your offensive play caller. So say Justin Fields keeps developing and you hire Clint Kubiak, for argument's sake, to replace Luke Getze, if you replace Luke Getze. He might leave if, if Justin ascends. He might leave if you draft Caleb Williams or Drake May and they ascend. So the it's just it's a continuity thing. But I just I can't fight her guy who is tasked with win seven or more games and winning seven or more games because it didn't feel the way it should feel. And he's yeah. like I, I he's gotta be back, I think. And it's like I was one of the highest people on Matt Eberflus. And then I was like, I've got, I got to a point a month ago where I was like, just fire him. It, it's over with. He can't overcome this. And here he is making everything in everyone's lives harder because he's overcome everything and he's gotten better at this. And, like, and I think, you know, the argument is, you know, okay, well, he's gotten better at this in terms of, okay, he's a defensive coordinator and, and, and he's calling the plays and now he's doing his, his job. But again, I, I do think that as I've come to think a little bit more about him and what he does, like he doesn't sound like the most inspiring guy at the podium. And sometimes it sounds goofy in the post-game speeches. And sometimes it sounds kind of weird when he's, talking about, well, you know, we need to execute that better. We need to do this better. We need to do that better. You're kind of like, dude, why are you throwing your players under the bus? But I also think that there's that element of, look, man, he, he strikes me as the kind of guy who's like, if he says it at the podium, he's going to say it to your face. And and it's about it's about challenging your guys to be better. He's not. It's not that he says like, well, I did everything completely okay. I don't know that I feel that way. I don't know that he has to be back. And I guess that's the thing. I don't know that he has to be back. But again, maybe maybe I'm a sap, right? Maybe so, I'm a sucker because there's that part of me that that is like, you know what? When you have a team that that believes and fights for each other, that matters. Plus, I'm I'm a, I'm a let I'm a let you finish. Um, but but I, I also think that when you talk about the offensive coordinator thing, I think that that is probably the most valuable part is, is having that continuity. But if you're able to develop your quarterback to an acceptable degree, then it doesn't matter as much. If you change offensive coordinators, if you have a system and if you have a way of doing things that is continuous, that's kind of how I see it. I, I, I definitely understand the other side of things though. Heft, I just want to say Heft was probably the wrong choice of words. I think he's earned his job is what I really meant to say. And it's like, how does it look, especially given the questions at the quarterback position, if you tear out both the biggest guys in that locker room for continuity's sake, as potentially could happen in this scenario. So moving on now, uh, we're, so we're saying Matty Fluss is staying. Same question. I'm going to pair these together because I don't think you can talk about one without talking about the other, how things are currently set up. So, Danny, does how important is this game for Luke Getzey slash Justin Fields? Does it matter for either of them what the outcome ultimately is of this game? And if you were putting on that Ryan Poles hat and it came down to you, what are you doing with those two individuals, knowing that as things sit, the Bears own the first overall pick that was Carolina and you also the your own 10th pick? Okay, so let me address Luke Getze first and the relationship he has with Justin Fields. Because by all accounts, I know a relationship. We, by all accounts, 
he doesn't seem to not get along with Luke Getzey. They might have different ideologies on how offensive football should be played and what Justin's strengths are versus what his weaknesses are, but they, I, I don't get the feeling that they dislike each other despite Justin cutting his nuts off one week and then the Bears making him go back out and apologize for saying exactly how he felt. But I think this game matters in terms of Justin's potential return much more than – I think Luke Getzey's already fried. He, we're just waiting for him to be handed his pink slip. The Justin Fields thing is so, so hard to navigate because is he a good enough passer? No. Is he the heart and soul of the locker room? Yes. I also believe there's something to be said for him having gone through these unbelievably hot flames of football hell that he's been forged in the first three years of his football career and come out on the other side and not been a bad football player. He's actually quite the opposite. He's a good football player. He's a good football player. He's a highly flawed football player, but he's a good football player. But I also think it's disingenuous to believe that because he's a good football player, that also means he's done developing as a passer. That was going to be my next question is, do you think he's done getting better? Is this his final form? No. And, I don't think so. No. I just, I think I've gotten to the point in my thought process, no matter how much me, the fan, the guy who remembers the Justin Fields breaking his ribs against Clemson and toughing it out and being the warrior we see on Sundays today, I think they've, they're they going to make the tough choice. And I would probably, if I were Ryan Poles, not me as the GM, but me as Ryan Poles, I think I would probably choose to move on. As so wait, no, as- wait, no. You, so not, so, okay, let me rephrase this again. So not what you think Ryan will do, but what would you do if you were what Ryan would, Poles? Okay, so I thought in this in the so nah, it's you. You're in his body all of a sudden, you know, Freaky Friday. I I really value the man. Like, so you're gonna the, keep Justin, and I'd then probably, you're going to I'd do pro- what with Getsy? I'd probably keep Justin and fire Getsy. And I know that kind of flies in the face of everything because because it's another offense, but I think there's a way to bridge it in a way that isn't again. I, my issue with gets, you always come back to he's drew Barrymore in 51st dates. He forgets what works and he just stops doing it. Like he'll, it'll work. It'll work. It'll work. And it's like, he wakes up in the next quarter or the next drive. And it's like, all right, what worked? I don't remember. Let's try the stuff that I know doesn't work every week. Kyrie, so now answer both questions, I guess, since actually Danny did, which was very interesting. So what do you think? Okay, let me list it out again. A, does this weekend matter for Justin slash Getsy? B, what do you think Ryan Poles would do? C, what would you do if you were in that seat? I think, well, okay. So if the game, if you're asking if the game matters to whether or not they are retained, I would say, I mean, I would say yes, but I, I don't think that it's like if they win, they're in, so to right. speak. But is and it a data point that could impact it? And, and, yeah, it can, to me, impact that. The, the weight of it is what to, what's decided. Yeah. Because... 
I mean, look, if Luke Getze calls another good game and Justin Fields plays well, that could very well save his job. I also think there's a non-zero chance based on some of the things we've talked about and, and maybe some of the, the possibility of, look, Justin Fields being as beloved as he is, being a leader, and do you have questions about that with somebody else? Or do you Say think his name. That, Say his damn name. It, do you have questions about that with Caleb Williams? There you go. Um, as far as Drake May, you probably – I don't know that you, it doesn't sound like you would have those kinds of questions, but then the question is, okay, he's definitely got that Josh Allen in them though. I think he, he plays a little bit cleaner, but I think there's some wow on, there's a lot of wow on Drake may. And then there are games where I was watching the Virginia game and he just blows like four wide open walk-in touchdowns down the field. He can be a little streaky. He has a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde to his game not unlike kind of college Josh Allen or even Josh Allen. Now, of course, when, when it's good, it's, it's really good. Um, so I, I think there is a chance that you're not going to be like so blown away. Like, Oh my God. Like, like I'm talking about the whole package here. Cause I think you can, you can obviously see on tape that the guys are awesome. I think it matters what happens on Sunday. If they perform well, there's a shot. I think that if I'm Ryan polls, Based on what I've seen from Caleb Williams and Drake May, I think that the probability is just too high. Uh, it, it's just too high that they're going to move on. I don't, in, I don't entirely think, and that's not because Justin Fields hasn't improved because I think he has. And you could look at some, look at some of the metrics and be like, eh, well, he's he's more or less around average. But I also think you have to put that in context of, of what the Chicago Bears offense is, which is to say that you have two players with elite talent on that offense, and they're DJ Moore and Justin Fields, and that's really it. Um, Cole Komet's really good, though. Love Cole Komet, what, he, what he's become this year. Um, so I think that the probability is just too high, and that Ryan Poles is probably going to move on once he, once he has a look at this class and looks at what you can get for Justin Fields and, and what have you. And that might even be aided. His trade value might be aided by him playing well against Green Bay. You got to consider that. Very true. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that if if it's me, I have I have gone all over the place with this. I think that if Justin Fields continues to play the way that he's been playing, the way that he if, if he if he has another game like the Atlanta Falcons, I I have been sympathetic to Justin Fields for a while here. And I know a lot of people are like, look, he's not good enough. I, I, I think I agree. When you look at it in totality, it's not good enough. I think it's definitely gotten better with time. And I think you're starting to see Fields do the kinds of things we've been wanting him to do from the pocket. Is it always perfect? No, but it is progressing and it is ascending. I simply do not agree with the with the idea that he has reached his ceiling or is he close to it. I, I just, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, you, I think you, it's you impossible say, to say that. I don't. I hate when people say that because, and maybe this isn't necessarily supposed to. That's the kind of thing that you say when you want to be done with him, and you're yeah. just like, "Well, he's probably reached the ceiling, so I'm going to move on because he doesn't do this, 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 and thing." I think it's that he should thing. do when he's done it in the past. And you and I have talked about this. You know, you've looked back to his rookie year, like you. We talk about the Steelers game as an example when there was things he did that he does not do anymore, or at least as much of. 
I threw out the first two years. The first year was a waste of dang time because of how they handled that whole situation. The second year was purposely bad. And so it's almost like this is really, I mean, if you kind of combine those into one developmental year, this is more to me his second year. And then next year would be his third year. Now that leads me to my next question where if you're playing that game that I just strung out there, that you're saying almost this next year is going to, his fourth year is his third year. What is what is riskier? Is it riskier to keep Justin and hope that he progresses into and what you and to what we think he could be, or is it riskier to take a rookie quarterback who you've never seen play an NFL snap and insert them into this and hope that they become you know the Patrick Mahomes slash Josh Allen slash whoever combo you're going to create Justin Herbert you're going to create them as. Um. To me, it's clearly riskier to keep Justin Fields if we're just going to be completely honest about it. And that is not to say that either one of those quarterbacks might not be bad because there's a good chance that, you know, particularly at the top of the draft, it's like at least one of them, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, one of them's not going to work out at least. Um, so you have to make sure that you that you pick the right one. I think that, look, when you see them on film and you see the kinds of things that they can do um, as passers, again, I don't think Justin Fields is incapable of doing those things. But I I think that it's the difference between committing real dollars, whether you're talking about fifth-year option, where you go the Lamar Jackson route, where you fifth-year him, you franchise him, or you extend him. And then if you you make that that pass on one of these quarterbacks – and then, well, they end up being great. They could have been great for your team. That's the kind of stuff that gets you fired. Um, whereas I think that if you go ahead and you take this quarterback and, and you get him in a situation, you got to build this team out a little bit more because it is not like a plug-and-play offense in particular. You build this out a little bit more. The offensive line stays healthy and continues to gel. This could be a really good situation for a rookie quarterback to, to come into. Not a perfect one, but a better one than like Bryce Young went into. Or Trevor, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields came into a couple of years ago. It would absolutely be better. So I think I think it's just riskier to do that. That said, I think the risk could pay off. <laughs> it's, it feels like it feels like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, right? You 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 are. You it could is. arguably say it's the other way around yeah. that you can win either way, right? And I think the part that like, and you might have mentioned this. Sorry, I had to go talk with the wife for just two seconds. Baby stuff. Everything's great. So, but Good. anyway, on the the topic at hand, the other part, if you do choose to keep Fields, is you are then telling the whole world what you value Justin Fields at. You might have already covered this in the minute I was gone, but you're telling him your value Justin Fields more than J- Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and Caleb Williams. And he's got money coming to him at that point with super agent David Mulligetta, I believe is how you say his name. Like, But it, it's you have to make the choice, and it's just – there's there could be two good answers, but there could be a a one in which there's no such thing as a sure thing. There's no sure thing that Justin keeps developing, even though I think he will. There's no sure thing that Caleb Williams or Jada Daniels or Drake May is the next coming. They could get here and flop. 
<laughs> no, absolutely. Do I, I mean, we, we saw that with just happen? this last draft no. class with, yeah, with I, I Zach mean, Wilson and Trey Lance and all that. I mean, that was like yeah. a big. I, I'll, I'll say, I'll say this though. It's actually interesting you bring up Trey Lance because he went to the 49ers and you think, oh, that's ready made. Like he's going to be really good, and then he wasn't uh, at all. Um, but but I think the the other, I, I think as much as I understand that, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play the 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 party pooper here, it, it's like yeah, they could absolutely fail. Have, you know, we, we don't we haven't seen them play in the NFL yet. But if you've got three years of Justin Fields and you haven't seen that kind of development from him yet, though I think you're starting to, to see it a little bit towards the end of the season. If you haven't seen it, then the argument is, well, am I just going to take this on faith? Where, whereas I could have this and I, I can develop that to the to this point, as opposed to, look, we, we've seen this for 30-something starts now and it's, and it's, it's not clicking consistently. So that, that's kind of what I would say, that, that that's why the risk is so much greater. Now, again, I have faith in the guy. I do. But if you're talking about it from just pure dispassionate discussion, that's how I would see it. Did you did you guys touch on – I know we, we've talked at nauseam over the course of the season and even to an extent on this show, what he means to the run game. This isn't like some great running football team. <laughs> I no, hate when people talk about. So I'm going to bring this well, up. Thank well, you for well, thank you for saying that. Quarterbacks rush yards don't count. We've learned this for years. They just don't matter because apparently quarterback rushing touchdowns and yards are null and void at, at the end of the day. Well, and thank you for saying that because so an example is about, on I mean, like that, a that couple different podcasts. Simple. Josh Lucas, uh, Josh Lucas has gone on and talked about what he would think the, uh, the Bears should do right at the quarterback position. And one thing he keeps saying is this really good protection that Justin's getting and this dominant run game. First of all, the, the protection is better. It is not a dominant protection there. That center position is crap. And there are other, there's also issues on the bookends at times. Number Nate two, Davis this, is also this, kind of mid. Yeah. He's mid. Let's be, let's be mid, mid is being nice. I am. Nate Dave has been bad this year. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> I know PFF might disagree with me when I watch it. It's like, He's kind of getting dog walked back into the pocket. And then on top of that, the run game, Herbert has been better the last two. He was over 100 yards the last two games. But your stat, you're just box, stat, box, box, stat, whatever, watching if you're just saying that. Because it's, the run game is Justin with some guys that help out occasionally. I mean, let's let's look at this, right? So, I mean, obviously, Khalil Herbert missed, missed a couple of games. But, but Kula um, Herbert's not some sort of great running back. He's okay. He's fine. Wasn't he like a sixth round pick? Like, right? Six. No, he was a six. Yeah, he was six. He was a six. Roshan Johnson, who was a rookie, and he's coming on. But I mean, listen, man, Justin Fields is leading the team in rushing, and he's leading the team in yards per carry for your, your main runners like Bayless Jones as like well, six well, yards my, po- my point was just that it's not like some rookie quarterback is going to be run- walking into a run game he can lean on he's just not no because like, Justin is the running game <laughs> like say what you want about it but it's the truth yeah. and defenses have to account for the fact that he can do something at that position that Yes. Maybe one other person can do. Yeah. I mean, it, definitely Lamar Jackson. Uh, and the reason, and the reason that's a definite is because look at the running backs they've got right now. I mean, I mean it's not, not to say that like Gus Edwards is bad or, uh, or like justice Hill are bad. And now they're, 
and yeah, Delvin, Delvin Cook. Cook. But those guys are definitely getting numbers because Lamar Jackson is there. So it's like you have you have a very rare player. Now, now the the caveat to that is like, yeah, Justin Fields is the running game right now, but then you're you're gonna get a new center. You're definitely getting a new center. And hopefully, in theory, your offensive line is gonna get better with the idea that I've got to have this, I want to have a good running game for my rookie and all that. So we're not dropping a rookie quarterback into this offense, which would not be as good. I mean, it's got DJ Moore at the very least, right? But that's the thing. If, if you draft a rookie, you got another top 10 pick, you the the number 10 pick. So you're going to have a chance to take that and, and make your team better still. Right. We do team. need to preview this Packers game at some point. So we're going to really? move on. Um, I'm just going to really quickly, if it were me, I'm going to keep Eberflus at this point. I'm going to keep Justin because I think that, to me, the riskier thing is to take an unknown that is a rookie and plop him in. I think I would rather have build him the team by drafting a Marvin Harrison, by you know getting that other draft pick. And then I can always, if I need to, I can draft a quarterback next year because I'll have two first-rounders, yada, 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 too much other stuff to talk about to try to into that. Concussed corner. If you don't like them next year, you can wait it out. And, and I get it that, that people are saying, well, just 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 do it now. I, I absolutely understand that, and that's probably what you should do. But, I mean, in a vacuum, you don't absolutely have to do this right now. Oh, that's the other thing. In terms of the whole getting progressing, who's teaching him? Right now it's Luke Getze and Janoko. What if they're just not very good at getting at teaching him to get the ball out quicker, to his drop back? They mess with his whole footwork. Like that you can see that on his throws to the left, I feel like. I, I think that he was better at getting lined up. You know, one one thing that JT O'Sullivan will harp on a lot is the fact that he doesn't line himself up to the left very well. I feel like that was not as big of a thing nope. when he was a rookie. But because Luke Getz, he, he said, right. I want my this other foot forward, and that pisses me off. Yeah. So I mean <laughs> All right. Anyway, right. we are moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. Concussed moving corner. On. So the things that we didn't like about last week or things coming into this, <laughs> we're gonna try to keep this very short because we do have to keep moving forward. Mine is basically the dissension amongst Bears fans and anger that happens when you have this discussion. Um, because basically it's like if someone says they want Caleb Williams, if someone says they want Justin Fields, it's this very angry thing. At the end of the day, they're all very good options. We should all just be happy that there is this many options. I would also say people like acting like they know anything. The fact that you have these talking heads, whether it's on podcasts, we're doing it to an extent, but also on various shows, various groups, all these things are like, this is for sure what absolutely has to happen. And it's like, we don't know anything. We're just a bunch of meatballs sitting in who like football. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything else? Do you guys have a concussed corner? Um, real quick, when you have a short yardage play, stop running pistol, stop running shotgun runs, get under center, hand your ball off, or just do a quarterback sneak just behind the center's butt. I'm so tired of these shotgun and delayed handoffs where you have to get the running back from a stopped position into a running position. Oh, my God. This I know it's it's old school and meatball-y of me, but just – Jesus Christ! Run, just run a power, run a, run a dive, run a gut, do something besides this. We're gonna do a quarter. We're gonna do a quarterback power from the shotgun. Like oh, for <laughs> God! Like I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something. <laughs> just go. 
Sorry. Yeah, I, I think I think especially it's like if you really you don't really if you don't care what happens to Justin Fields at the end of all this and you're gonna trade him, then why not just have him do a quarterback sneak? Go ahead, let him get beat up. It's fine. You know, it's it's like come on, y'all, just 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 do the smart thing. Um, I I think that you know honestly my concussed corner is more or less along the same lines of what you're saying, Mason. There are too many people that view this as there is only one thing to do or that there is only one thing that can result in winning. I just don't think that's a healthy way to look at anything. Mm -hmm. There's all, there's always more than, it feels like very often there's more than one path to get to where you want to go. Some paths are more sensible than others. And, and, and I think that in today's NFL, the more sensible path is definitely fire the coach draft a quarterback number one, line this whole thing up and, and do it that way. I think that is the most sensible thing to do. And, and I think that if I were Ryan Poles, that's probably what I would do. Um, but I think this idea that I think people have, have kind of gotten into now where it's like, well, you know, if you, if, if you keep Matt Eberflus and, and draft a new rookie, well, that that's it. It's screwed. You can't win a Super Bowl that way. Uh, or it's like, oh, if you keep Justin Fields, that's it. You just decided you're not you. You don't want to win a Super Bowl. You can't win a Super Bowl. And I'm just like, honestly, it lacks it lacks any sort of nuance. Yeah, and and I can't I can't engage with people in that way. I can't engage with life that way. That's like not my thing. Again, I can I can understand having disagreements. I can I can understand that like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is not the most statistically probable way of doing things. Um, and, and I can understand being logical. Like, I mean, I've, I've tried to do that on this show at the same time. I think that sometimes all, all of this requires faith in some form or fashion. It's just a matter of what do you want to put your faith in? And, you know, if you want to put your faith in, in Drake May or Caleb Williams, that is fine. And I can absolutely understand your reasons for doing, doing so. I also think that there's evidence to show that Justin Fields can be, can be that good. Yeah, so good points. All right, quick break here, and then we're finally going to actually talk about the game that's happening on Sunday. All right, we got our training room roundup. We're going to take a look at some of these injuries on both sides of the ball. Uh, the Bears ones, obviously, there's more, more on here that I think we need to have a little discussion about. Um, one that really stands out to me, Danny, is Darnell Mooney not practicing again with a concussion. I know last week I tweeted out when this first was announced um, that did Darnell play his last game as a Chicago Bear and is our really lingering lasting memory of him the Cardinals old touchdown that wasn't um, – no, excuse me, other games. One more back behind that. Anyway, Darnell, <laughs> if he doesn't play this game, is he done as a Bear? I think he's been done as a bear, right? Yeah. Like I I think it's kind of clear he's mailed it in. If not shown, maybe that ankle thing just sapped him of something that wasn't there. Like I like Darnell Mooney. I yeah. hope he's got a career resurgence in him. Maybe he ends up back with his with his buddy uh Matt Matt Nagy in in Kansas City this coming off season on a buy low deal to kind of rebuild his value. But I think the story of Darnell Mooney is kind of just the guy who was over-targeted, overproduced on a bad football team, and we expected him to be more. And he kind of just didn't live up to that. And it could also be two-pronged with the quarterback maybe not 
being the best at consistently getting to his reads when he needs to or getting rid of the ball when he needs to. Also could be a bad play caller. But, yeah, I think it's pretty much done for Mooney here in the Windy City. Agreed. Uh, Kyrie, another guy on this list, Cole Komet. Um, he was able to play last game, was used sparingly, definitely. That seemed like he had a pretty low snap count. Was uh, Didn't participate on Wednesday, but was limited today. How important is it that Cole goes? Um, it's definitely more important. Again, we had this discussion last week. It's definitely more important that Cole Komet plays than Darnell Mooney. I think what we saw last week was that they can survive without Cole Komet, but I think this defensive game plan is going to be different. I don't know that you're going to see the Green Bay Packers try to play one-on-one and let you just just piece it up to DJ Moore down the field all day long or or let you throw to Tyler Scott or what have you. I I don't think it's going to be that simple. So I think this is where Cole Komet becomes very useful because he is great at finding holes in zone. And I feel like you're going to see a bunch of zone defense this this week. So it's pretty important to me that he plays. Uh, Tyson Bajant did not practice the last two day, uh, games, uh, illness. The Bears actually had tryout. They brought in Chris Streveler. Streveler. Uh, for cornerback. Excuse me. Can't throw the ball, though. <laughs> you got uh, <laughs> defensive back Doug Coleman. You got running back. Tyreek McAllister, who played a little receiver as well. A punter was brought in, Corliss Waitman, and long snapper Cameron Lyons. Now, also, Patrick Scales did not participate the last two games, so that might be something of note. One of the biggest ones to talk about, though, is Jalen Johnson. Didn't participate, was out last week, didn't participate in the last two games. Danny, they were able to handle the Falcons without Jalen Johnson. Do they need him for the Packers in order to get this win? Um, I would say it's close to a, yes. Like I don't, I always struggle with the defensive back for as much good and as much of a fan of Jalen as I've been since he, since his drafting, I always just think pass rush matters more. So if the big guys up front are getting home and making Jordan life's hell, he's gonna have just throws that he's going to be trying to give you like the, like, credit to, to Jordan Love. He's better than I ever thought he'd be. I also think, like, if you think back years ago when when uh, Derek Carr had that first playoff push with the Raiders before he broke his leg, he had a lot of throws where he was just kind of laying it up in the air and the Raiders were coming up with the puck luck, as it were, and nothing was falling in harm's way. I feel like that's kind of what's happened with Jordan Love a lot this year, where he's just heaving it up there and no one's making a play besides really his guys. Just be chucking it up. Like, it's just like, dude, how lucky are you going to get this year? Or I think there's luck inevitably changes. It's going to change next year when you get more, well, maybe change next year when you get more tape and stuff on it and see how he's played over the course of a full season and adjust back to the adjustments, as it were. But yeah, I think you kind of need him. He's been the, one of the two or three best players that his position to say you don't need that guy to play would kind of be stupid, but it's not, didn't he say today? He, he believes he's going to play that he's going to go. He said, so he said, he believes he's going to yeah. play. Um, cool. Herbert limited today back. So that popped up. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Usually when that happens where we see they were there for Wednesday and then limited on Thursday means they probably got a little hurt, did banged up in practice. So keep an eye on that, especially with a disgruntled Deontay Foreman who did not play last week and made his opinion known on Twitter. 
flipping to the other side of the ball. They're going to get uh, the Packers are going to get Jair Alexander back in terms of some of these players that are actually going to be important to note that they're gone. Cause if you look at this thing, I mean, it's so long, it's ridiculous. They listed their entire team on this stupid injury report. Um, the fact AJ Dillon uh, re-aggravated his thumb, but also has a neck uh, issue there apparently too. Rudy Ford is their third, uh, third string safety. Kind of that dime didn't participate. And Elton Jenkins, their guard, didn't participate. That's big because they've been kind of rotating tackles and guards all year, the Packers have. And they've been fine, and they've, they've given Jordan Love time. But, you know, if you if you lose a piece or two or you lose one in the game, that's going to be huge for this team. Uh, Kyrie, just kind of to wrap up the Packers, looks like Luke Musgrave may come back. Is that something you'd be concerned about after he, as he's coming back from this uh, lacerated kidney he had? with the linebacking core that the bears have not i don't know that i'm overly concerned about luke musgrave but as as i'm looking down this list and i'm seeing some of the guys that um didn't practice or you know were limited i mean christian watson's been out for a couple ever with yeah with, with uh with this hamstring issue um it, it sounded like uh jaden reed was hampered and obviously that would be a big deal if he's not 100% or can't play. He's probably going to try to go. Um I, I would think especially with the season on the line. But I think that the the bigger issues are right. You see like Preston Smith on there. You know, he hasn't practiced. Um and 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 Elton Jenkins. I feel like those are bigger deals particularly when you talk about the Bears defense so, so, so like the, the Bears defense getting after Jordan Love, I think that's going to be a, a big deal. And then Preston Smith on the other side of things, uh, making life hard for Justin Fields. Because I feel like if you give Justin Fields the time to sort things through, he can absolutely do that. Um, but I, I, I think that, I don't know, I, I guess I'm, I'm worried about the Bears offense in this one perhaps more so than, than the defense. And I know that you shouldn't necessarily be because Joe Barry's, you know, kind of been sliced and diced by everybody. But again, if you don't have Cole Komet, basically the only guy you've got is DJ Moore. I mean, teams can kind of scheme that up. So uh, I, I think that if, if you take a little bit away from the Packers defense, that helps too. Mm-hmm. Knee-jerk reaction. One hot take going into this week. We're going to keep these sections quick. I emphasize that we're going to keep these sections quick. Um, this team is going to be playing its ass off for Justin. They love the, the, the locker room loves Justin. Danny talks about that earlier. They're going to do everything they can to try to give him the best, whether it's a going away present or a step forward into the next year that they can. So it'll be a very physical, very hard fought game. Yeah. Sort of in the same vein, Mason. I'm thinking Justin's gonna. I think it's Justin. He's gonna let it all hang out. He. I think you're gonna see him maybe do some things he normally wouldn't because he's just like there's an element of effort now, knowing his time might be coming to an end here in Chicago. Um, so you might see him break one of those long runs that we haven't seen almost all year, where he just takes off scampering down the sideline. You might see him go over 200 yards passing. You might see him. I don't know, beat zone coverage in the middle of the field with some regularity against a defense that run that ran zone against the Bears week one, 79% of all snaps. Yeah. I think he's going to really, if nothing else, make him – it's an audition not only for him 
on the Bears for the league. Yeah, very so much so. I think he's going to – I think he's going to probably let it all hang out. Yep. I think that my hot take is going to be that Justin Fields counts for more touchdowns than Jordan Love in this one. There Ooh. it is. Oh, wow. Uh, to be a perfectly honest, uh, just a brutally honest uh, take, uh, in my humble opinion, Getsy you should not make it too far past Black Monday. I don't ca- If you're keeping Justin, I, I don't care. I'm over the Getz experience. I think you find someone that can run a similar system, similar verbiage. Man, there's someone I wish I, I remember. I wish I remember who it was because they took over, came in and took over a relatively important offense, but they, and they, the offensive coordinator, learned the verbiage the quarterback was used to. That's what I'd be looking for if you went that route. If you go with the rookie, you also aren't bringing him back. So I'm just over that this Getsy ride because it makes me want to vomit. We done. Kyrie, what you got for this section? Um, I, oh yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think that, um, kind of in that same vein, um, Luke Getzey and Justin Fields are auditioning for other jobs. Um, neither one of them is probably going to be back with the Chicago bears. One of those saddens me. One of them absolutely does not, but yeah, I think that Matt Eberflus especially if they win, he's going to be back. Uh, Danny? Uh, to be a perfectly honest, uh, kind of stole mine, Kyrie, you jerk. You can just Sorry, double down. Bro. That's okay. Mason no, I'll... me first. Sorry. I, I just, I'm going to go throw myself off the top of my apartment building. BRB. Um, Dog, don't you want to be around for your kid, though? Oh, yeah. damn it. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that, doesn't hold, that doesn't hold as much weight anymore. Yeah, damn it. Um... Yeah, perfectly honest. Uh, I think now I, you know, I'll just piggyback off of you guys. There's really not much I can say that isn't already kind of been stated at nauseum. So, all right. Uh, well, ain't this humorous, Danny? I'll let you go first on this one since we stole your things. Ain't this humorous that last week the the Atlanta Falcons, despite knowing. That Justin Fields destroys man defenses, ran man defense 91% of the time. For what reason, I do not know. But, you know, Arthur Smith tried and there was an attempt, and Justin Fields made them pay over and over and over and over again. And it was glorious. All right, go ahead. Yep. The the waffling by uh, a number of media on what the Bears should do at quarterback uh, based on last week's game, which obviously was very good. But then you have like Brian Baldinger being like, yo, man, a couple weeks ago it was all Caleb Williams. Uh, but now it's like, no, nah, man, you can't get rid of him. You got to keep Justin. And like just <laughs> – or, or, or like Kyle Long being like, man, offensive linemen must hate playing for Justin Fields, and then he's on the Chris, you know, on, on the podcast with his brother, the Green Light, and then he's just like, they can't get rid of him now. It would be a mutiny, and I'm just like, I understand we can change our opinions based on new information, but it's kind of like sometimes it's like pick a lane, you know, one one game shouldn't change all that for you, but then again, maybe it's not. You know, maybe it's, you know, multiple games of improvement, which have happened. Uh, 
But I just I, I think I think it, it's it's funnier now that I'm trying actively not to engage in this discussion. I'm really trying to stay away from it. Uh, quick quick poll for the the group right now. Uh, Going to bring Drew D's comments out here because it's just bothering me. Can you think of a single time in the history of the NFL where a coordinator was fired and not the head coach? How about just this year with Sean McDermott firing an offensive coordinator who was actually running a really successful offense to replace him with Joe Brady? I mean, John Harbaugh just got rid of Greg Mo- Roman and brought in Todd Munkin and everything. Who might be the most awesome personality at coach in the whole NFL. So just in my facetiousness, to- it happens all the time. So I don't literally know. every year. What are we doing here? Okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, my, my, uh, well, ain't this uh, humorous? With all the negativity and this year in hand wringing, the Bears have a chance to be eight and nine, which is where most people had them, if not maybe even slightly yeah. better. Look at that! It, it this this team is what we expected them or hoped they would be, but we're still being pissy about it. They are who we thought, we they, thought were. they were. We hate yeah. it. Seriously, all right. Oh, what you do? They got the number one overall pick, and we wish that they were worse. Exactly. What you need to know. Um, some just important storylines. First of all, super important to me. Packers don't have any pro bowlers. That makes me happy. Um, suck it. Uh, the Bears can play a huge spoiler for the Packers. Um, if the Bears beat the Packers, the Packers still can make the playoffs. There's two different scenarios. Uh, Vikings lost or tie. Seahawks lost. Buccaneers lost. Packers make it. Also, scenario number two, Vikings lost or tie. Seahawks lost. Saints lost. Not impossible, but it would be nice, just as a Bears fan, to play spoiler for this team that we despise so much in the most big brother, little brother current way possible. Um, love it, hate it, rehabilitate it. Uh, let's go, Danny. What do you love about this matchup? What do I love about this matchup? I love the potential that the offense could have against this defense. I believe they're 31st in defensive DVOA this year under Joe Barry, who I don't know why they brought back under Matt LaFleur because he's been awful at calling plays quite literally everywhere he's ever been to do it as a defensive coordinator. Um, and they just they got torched by Bryce Young, and Bryce Young has looked terrible against everybody else. And if there's a game where you can get your mojo back as a as a passer and as a quarter as an offense in general, it's this one. Go play and just beat up on this defense that, while talented in name, is not any good right now. Just kick them while they're down. My my opinion. Kyrie. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of love that right there. Um, I don't know that I have a whole lot else to add. Um, but let me go ahead and, and, and add a little bit. I I I love the the at least somewhat cosmetic improvement of the pass rush that the Bears have had against Jordan Love. I think they'll make things harder on him. I also think the linebackers are playing better. Um, And and I think that was a huge red flag in in week one where they were just getting danced on by Aaron Jones all the time and losing contain. That probably won't happen again. Um, I hate the fact that the Bears won't be... Don't be going to hate. Come on now, I got to do love. Okay, go ahead. Oh, my. Can we we not skip me? God dang. Sorry, bro. I got some stats for y'all. Okay, Sorry, you know what? Then. I'm a stat. All right, I was I was getting rolling. Okay, okay. I it's mainly what you guys said. This is the offense's chance to go off. That's what I love, specifically <laughs> because 
The Packers ranked 28th overall in defensive DVOA. Uh, Keep in mind, they were definitely worse earlier in the season, but the last game they were fine. They haven't been good, as Danny said. They allowed 21.3 points per game. They have allowed 211, 394, 452, 367, and 337 yards total over the last five games. By the way, that 394 was to the Panthers. When you look at defensive series results, the Packers rank third to last allowing a first down 65% of the time, a touchdown 8% of the time. Cardinals are the highest at 11%, by the way, and only forcing a punt 12% of the time, which is tied for worst. Justin in this offense has been better in terms of EPA, uh, CPOE, which is expected points uh, after the play, minus expected points before, completion percentage over expected for those who don't know. Um, Justin ranks 14th since week four, and actually he was 21st back in 2021. So improvement. Justin is also coming off his best game where he could argue if he had three touchdowns if the team helped him out a little bit more. He was getting through progressions and was able to throw some dimes consistently. Overall, I am happy where this guy's going to go. Kyrie, what do you hate? Um, I hate that this is probably going to be Justin Fields' last game as a Chicago Bear. Um, I I really, really hate that. Oh, man. Uh, hate for me is just... I know I know the linebacker's been playing better. Aaron Jones is a special football player. There's just no way around it. That guy is fantastic and he's really, really good at football. And I feel like it was like the Amon Green thing years ago where I feel like Amon Green's best games all came against always the Bears. Against the Bears. <laughs> just always like even Ty Montgomery got busy on the Bears. You remember that? Just, I've, mm-hmm. Yes, I, I chose to forget about it, but yes, I remember it. <laughs> And I just um, get this feeling that if the Bears lose, that guy's going to beat him down. <laughs> uh, my hate was just the Bears ground game specifically versus the Packers. Um, the Packers last three weeks have allowed 99, 96, and 67 rushing yards. Uh, the Bears ground game, as we talked about earlier, is pretty much Justin with a little plus on it. Maybe if you get Cleo Herbert to break off and do some things. But even when Cleo Herbert does get the runs he gets, a lot of times it's the flow of what Justin brings and having a defender have to watch him. Um, rehabilitate. Uh, for me, compared to like week one against the Packers, it's to make Jordan Love uncomfortable. We have seen, again, Jordan Love has gotten better. It's actually pretty impressive. Very happy. LaFleur's done a great job with that. But as Danny talked about earlier, there are some of those throws that it's like, it's, 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 there is a bit of luck to right now where he's putting the ball. Some of them are dimes. Other ones are, you barely faded through that window and you know, you were lucky on that. So if you, if you can enact the sweat effect, which we now have, which was not there in week one. And everyone's been playing better on this defense with Montez. Should be a lot better. Danny, what is your rehabilitate? Um, the rehabilitate is similar to yours, and it's all, it's been in the transition from the what look what the defense looked like under Allen Williams to now what it looks like with Matt Eberfuss calling plays. And I think we should attribute a lot of it to Phil Snow coming in and helping him with analytical data points and how to use maybe his Long, his young, long, strong, physical co- cornerbacks. And I wanted to continue to use that rehab that they've been using and let the cornerbacks play the way that they've been playing and, and make life hard on these receivers to get open. Like, be physical. Knock them around. Like, you've got a bunch of these kids that are t- – Tyreek Stevenson, Jalen Johnson, they're not off-zone corners. These aren't Kyle Fuller out there who who's trying to bait and play, the, play for the pick. These are guys that are – supposed to be more up on their man and i appreciate the changes that they've made all right um 
I'm, I'm looking at Tyler Scott here. So obviously Tyler Scott had uh, a bit of a tough one last week where he had two touchdowns that he should have had. Um, I've seen some varying opinions about whether or not he should have, or whether or not the ball was good enough on the first one. It definitely was. And Wait, Tyler people Scott, are saying that wasn't a good ball? Huh? People are saying that wasn't a good ball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people yeah. said yeah, that. You haven't, that you haven't seen that? No, I missed that I entirely. Mean, you were the one that hit him in the hands? This is the one that he that he jumped for and, oh, and, that landed one. Oh, and couldn't get it and couldn't get his feet in the end zone. Yeah, that one. Okay, and and it's like he should have caught that ball in bounds. Um, and then the other one looked tough catch. Um, but that's the kind of thing that that they pay you for. Um, I, I I'm looking at him hopefully to have a bounce back game in this one and show what he can do. I mean his his speed matters, especially when you don't have Darnell Mooney out there. Justin Fields has clearly been gaining more comfort and, and more confidence in him and throwing him the football. So I want I want to see that continue. I want to see them get him the ball as many ways as they can. X factors. Oh, you know what I haven't used in forever? Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. That. I haven't used that since like last year because <laughs> it's silly. Um, X factor uh, for the Packers. I mean, I have basically the opposite of my rehabilitate control Montez Sweat. Because if you can control him, reduce the amount of pressure that he can generate, then the rest of this defense definitely falls behind that. So uh, if they can keep sweat off of love, that actually might work in a weird, funky, gross way. Um, then they in fact, have a good chance of winning this. Uh, Kyrie, what you got? X Factor. Jervon Dexter. Ooh. Get up in there and blow some stuff up on the defensive interior. Because if they can't run the football, then that's going to put a lot of heat on Jordan Love. And if he's getting in there and pushing the pocket back into Jordan Love's face, it's going to be another problem. Danny? Uh, for the Packers, I think the X factor is, is Aaron Jones. As that, that offense is at its absolute best when Aaron Jones is styling on people. So They definitely looked better last week when he was, when he was struggling along. That Packers yeah, offense was exactly. much better. X factor for the Bears. Um, I have... Explosive Sorry, I, um, I'll, I'll give a Packer on the next one. I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but that's fine. Um, explosive plays. So, Justin, I need it not just on the ground because we know he can do that. We need to see those explosive plays through the air. Um, so whether that's on him, whether it's, you know, or Tyler Scott finishing, uh, the Bears need these chunk plays, 30-ish yards, in order to keep the ball keep and keep the chain moving. Uh, Danny, what do you have for the Bears? <sighs> Um, the X factor, I think, is Montez Sweat. If you can get Jordan Love to give you the football and be the ATM machine that we all know he's meant to be, um, yeah, it makes it a lot easier when he's just coughing the ball up. I, I, there are a few things in this world that I'm more confident in than certain quarterbacks eventually are going to give you the football. I used to be confident that Ben Roethlisberger would eventually give people the football. Jay Cutler would eventually give you the football. Jordan Love, I think, is bound for a career where he's eventually going to give you the football. So I think the pass rush and disrupting Jordan Love is going to give you the football. He is going to give you opportunities for the football. So Back to Kyrie for his Packers one. Yes, so I'm going to go ahead and flip this around. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm looking at Jaden Reed, and if Jaden Reed can't play, then it's Romeo Dobbs because I think that – they the, the the Packers on paper don't have the most intimidating, you know, 
playmaking room or wide receiver room out there. But I think they're 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 coached very well, and and they found so many ways to make Jaden Reed a problem, which you could see from a mile away when you saw him playing last year and you saw the kind of stuff he was doing in the Senior Bowl. Like that is not surprising at all. Um, and and I think zone. he is he is the the biggest guy to watch in this one by far. If he's playing, it it could be tough for the for the Bears defense, even as good as they've been. And I think that if he's not playing, you're going to see more of Romeo Dubs. And look, the dude has come up with some big time plays. Um, even in that Panthers game, when again Jordan Love just says, "Screw it, Romeo Dubs down there somewhere," and he comes up with the catch that gets them the field goal that allows them to win. Excellent. All right. Over, unders, just kind of rattling through some of our stuff for the rest of this. Um, over, under, Justin Fields passing yards, 220, Kyrie. Yep. Give me the over. Danny. Over. Yeah, yeah, 216 against the Packers in week one uh, and 268 against Atlanta. So, yeah, should happen. Jordan Love passer rating, 115, Danny, over, under. Under. Kyrie also has under. He had a 123.2 passer rating in week one. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 245 yards. Uh, Justin Fields, time to throw over under 3.4, Kyrie. <laughs> Does Kyrie not want to answer? Oh, I, I I was freezing out there for a second. But sorry, 3. Point what? I missed that. 3.4, is it? Over. <laughs> Over. All right, Danny, what do you have? It's going to be like a push at like 3.38 or something like that. Per PFF, 3.4 is his average. Uh, 3.58 uh, was his time to throw last week. Jesus, uh, God, Lord. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, throw the ball. <laughs> Packers rushing yards allowed, Kyrie, over under 100. Packers rushing yards allowed. It's going to be over. Danny. Over. Justin's going to have like a 60-yard run himself for a tutty. What are we doing? Uh, Danny, DJ Moore, 10 and a half catches over under. Under. That's a big freaking number, man. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, definitely, that's definitely going to be an under, especially if he's the only real receiver they've got, man. They're going to be all over him. DJ Moore uh, receiving yards, 120 and a half, Kyrie. I'm probably going to go under on that one. Under. Danny? Under. Slightly, but under. DJ Moore needs 11 catches and 122 yards to become the Bears' second all-time single-season receiving leader behind Brandon Marshall's 2012 season, where he had 118 catches and 1,508 yards. Randy ratio, baby. Only reason I brought that up. Um, Danny, over under Christian Watson receptions over 30 yards. One and a half. Under. He might have one. I don't think he's going to get two. All right. Kyrie. Well, he yeah, also has to not pull his hamstring. Bears generally do a pretty good job of not allowing explosive plays. So, uh, and lastly, Aaron Jones rushing yards one hundred point five. Kyrie under one hundred point five under. The Bears have been a legitimately good run defense. Like yeah. you can p- poke and prod all you want on the oh the bad quarterback, the bad quarterback. They've still stopped good running backs. Game predictions. First off, Bears at Packers, obviously. Packers are favored by three, so with that home field advantage, 
more or less a, a pick em, but when you really think about it. Uh, Danny, who are you taking? Yeah, I'll, I'm going to go full fanboy. The Bears are going to end the Packers' playoff hopes. It's They're going to win this week, and they're going to enter the offseason on a fun high note, and everyone's going to be feeling hunky-dory until inevitably mm-hmm. number one is moved off to a different team. All right. Uh, I'm going to be the worst, and I'm going to say the Packers are going to win. Um, you are so the worst. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm a terrible person. I'm going to say that they're going to win 24 to 20. Every morning you wake up, I hope you step on a Lego. Um, fortunately, I don't have that problem, uh, but I usually kick something on my way upstairs. It's usually like her little shopping cart. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, it's going to be close, but I'll take the Bears – just because like that offensive line for the Packers is funky, I do think the mon- the sweat effect is real, and like Danny talked about earlier, I think Justin and Getsy and that offense are just gonna like let it all hang loose and just do whatever they can. Let it all uh, hang out. Um, there's no Thursday night football game, but we have two Saturday games: Steelers at Ravens. Kyrie, uh, Steelers are favored by three and a half. Who you got? Because Tyler Huntley is at quarterback. Yeah, Lamar's not playing. I feel like the Steelers. Feel like the Steelers will win this game um, because I don't think the Ra- the Ravens don't care because they've already locked up the number one seed. So you might see some of these guys for like a quarter or two, and then they're not going to play. Danny, uh, Steelers are playing for their f- their playoff lives, right? Yep. And they're starting the God King himself, Mason Rudolph. Um, <laughs> that's a Steelers Reddit joke. Disgrace to the Mason name. <laughs> uh, but. You know, it's funny. We we make fun of him all the time, and we we sometimes forget how great Mike Tomlin is at this. You can chuckle and laugh at whatever you want at the, at the standard being the standard. The dude is awesome. I just don't care. Like, that guy is, for me, maybe behind John Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan, one of the top two or three coaches in the NFL right now. And Nick Sirianni's a fraud. Just want to throw that out there. 100%. Um <laughs> Texans at Colts. Texans favored by one. Uh, Danny. Oh, shit. Um, I think D'Amico comes out swinging. Texans win. All right. Yeah, I think Texans will win. Keep the Colts out of the playoffs, potentially. All right, Seahawks at Cardinals. Uh, I have this on here because, A, obviously, you know, if the, depending on what happens here, this could affect the Packers. But also there is some draft stuff that happens here. I think that's very important for my uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. desire, love, longing. Um, Seahawks <laughs> are favored by two and a half. Kyrie, who you got? I'm taking the Seahawks in this one because they're playing for something. If they weren't, then I would have taken Arizona. All right, Danny. I'm taking Seahawks as well. I love Geno Smith. He's probably behind Justin and Lamar as my favorite quarterback in the NFL. I love that the dude just plays like a like an old Western outlaw. He just keeps getting shot and he keeps getting back up. He doesn't care. It's great. Geno Smith for MVP, man. Let's go. <laughs> he's, he's out. He's out here like Doc Holliday and Tombstone. So basically, think he's on. Yeah, his- exactly. Keeps getting up and popping somebody. <laughs> Uh, we got Jets at Patriots. Patriots are favored by two and a half. Again, I have this on here because of potential draft order thought process uh, and who the Bears may be trading with if they flip. Uh, Kyrie, who are you taking? 
Patriots send Bill Belichick out potentially with a win against the Jets because they're starting Trevor Simeon, and I don't buy it. So, yeah. Danny. Uh, Hoodie historically destroys the Jets. I also think it'd be the perfect middle finger on the way out where he's like, ha now you don't get the quarterback no, no, you want. No, no Drake May for you, Mr. Man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with Kyrie. I think Hoodie puts his stamp on it and goes and takes his job in Carolina next year. And lastly, Cowboys at Commanders. Cowboys are favored by 13. <laughs> And, the, and then the commanders are, are, are benching their veterans. They yep. understand the assignment. Uh, who are you, you touching this game with your money? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we can just, we're just going to move I mean, on. Well, the, the, cow, the Cowboys are playing for, um, for, for the NFC East. Yes. They, 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 got, they got a win to guarantee themselves the, the NFC East title. So, yeah, they're playing so, for it. Throw it out there. If you want the Bears to have the third pick and not the second picked up, the asking price for the DC native himself, you kind of want them both to win, or you want, or you you want them both to lose, or both to lose, and because the strength of schedule would then favor uh, the Commanders, right? So they'd fall. I think so. I maybe I haven't flipped. I'm not sure. I have to double check that. Yeah, I have to Um, double check it too. Last section we'll do today. Uh, Coxix and Bull story. These are our bold predictions. Uh, we'll just rattle both off as we go through this. So my two offense, I think Justin Fields accounts for three scores. Um, my, my defensive one, Eddie Jackson gets a pick in what I think will be his last game as a Chicago player. Danny? Montez Sweat gets home three times. Three sacks. And he's going to do some variation of the count to like – really emphatically end his first half a season as a Chicago Bears player. Offensively, you know what? I'll do you one better. Instead of the 300 combined yards, Field gets his, gets his second second career 300-yard passing game against the Green Bay Packers this year. Here we go. Um, okay. Offense, Robert Tunyon scores a touchdown against his old team. Bobby oh my Tanyan. God, Bobby Tanyan revenge game. Bobby Tanyan revenge game defensively. How do who do we want to do this? Um, I was right about Kyler Gordon last week getting the pick. So, so I was gonna say, what, who do you want to speak into existence? Jaquan Brisker pick. Yeah, guy Quan. There we go. We all out. right, and we're gonna wrap this up. Normally, we do like some offensive defense. We're not doing that. King of the North. I'm shifting what this is. This is going to, we're just going to have a minute to discuss mm-hmm. Justin Fields. <laughs> well, and you can use this minute however you want to. I'm literally timing this though. So I'm cutting you off if you're in the middle of a thought process. <laughs> so, Danny, why don't you go first? Clock starts now. Um, all right. Justin, I guess for the four years you gave in Chicago, it's like a postmortem. <laughs> Thanks for everything. I'm, I hope you would get the best out of yourself wherever you go. My prediction would probably be Pittsburgh at this point with a newly extended Mike Tomlin. Um, and uh, it's been an experience from the time you fell into the draft to the pick itself. And then seeing what the player you've become a player that I didn't expect you to develop in the arc of to 
or a running threat, not a true pocket passer who could run. But it's been a ride, man. From the dude you are to the player I hope you continue to become. I don't really need much more time. All right. Kind of just sad 45 now. seconds. Now we're down. Just a I'm sad ca- note. I'm ca- kind of just sad now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. Um, Justin Fields. Um, that was one of the most fun nights uh, that – you know, in terms of following sports when they traded up for him. Um, after that, I mean, the, the flashes, the highlight plays are, you know, are remarkable. I always remember being at Gillette Stadium when that 60-yard run showed on the Jumbotron against the Dolphins and, and the whole stadium just gasped. Um, I think the Bears um, failed him. I hope he does better wherever he goes. I do think that if anybody still has hope, the guy has shown, uh, you know, pr- uh, contrary to what people say, he's shown that he can feed multiple receivers at once. He's shown what he can do when he trusts the offense and, and trusts the wide receivers. I think that if the Bears wanted to keep that faith and believe in him that he could improve, I think he will reward them if they chose to do that. Nice. Um, I'll finish it off. I'm not going to hold that up because my arm's getting tired. Um, it, I I can't say enough. You know how much I appreciated what Justin brought. Like you guys talked about um, the moment he got drafted, the elation. You know that I'm just waiting and waiting for that pick. He's dropping, he's falling because he was my quarterback from the get go. I tweeted out, you know, the whole joke from draft day. You know, Justin Fields, no matter what, you know, where all that jazz. And it's so far been a ride. Like Kyrie just said, I think the Bears did him dirty. They the first year just he was thrown to the wolves because of an injury to Andy Dalton where he wasn't prepared properly. Second year was a waste of dang time because it was meant to be a tank. If someone wants to take the time to talk, to actually show it, to build him and to actually do it and get him to get speed up his process. Cause he can process. He's a smart guy, but just get the ball out quicker and use the gifts that he has. I think you're going to have a great team Danny. I agree with you. Steelers would be an amazing choice. And I think, we're going to be upset when he's gone. Boom. That is all I have. I know that was kind of a downer at the end, but I know I said this also earlier in the show, Bears fans, there is a bright future ahead, whether that's with Justin or if you believe in one of these rookies, that's the thing. There's still some positivity out there. So don't be. Absolutely. On that note for the Justin Fields era, if it's over, if it's not, if they end up trading him, whether it be the Steelers, Falcons, whatever your hot team is for him, smile because it happened. Don't cry because it's over. <laughs> and I will be a fan of whatever team that exactly. is. You, it doesn't mean you have to stop rooting. That's for my, I just my told second you, team, wherever he goes, second team. I just said it a minute ago. Geno Smith's one of my favorite football players. Like, Thanks it's for okay jo- to follow, guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Bears fans. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this Packers game. Hopefully you enjoyed your holiday season. Um, again, we're not 100% sure what the offseason is going to look like. Uh Last year, we got to do a bunch of mock draft stuff. If they do, in fact, keep the pick, it's kind of, I don't know that we need to do a thousand mock drafts having like one of two quarterbacks at number one. Um, so we got to kind of figure out what that's going to look like. We will pr- have a show, though, next week where we kind of wrap up the season. Uh, we got some interesting, hopefully, crossover episodes coming up. I'm going to tease you with that. A couple of couple people, a couple groups popping on here. But that's all we got. Bear down. <laughs>